Welcome to Revenue Rehab, your one-stop destination for collective solutions to the biggest challenges faced by marketing leaders today. Now head on over to the couch, make yourself comfortable, and get ready to change the way you approach revenue. Leading your recovery is modern marketer, author, speaker, and chief operating officer at Tegrita, Brandy Starr. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Revenue Rehab. I am your host, Brandy Starr, and we have another amazing episode for you today. I am joined by Jim Berkman. Jim is a seasoned marketing and growth leader with several decades of experience in B2B startup technology space. He has helped dozens of companies cross the chasm, scale, and achieve market leadership with successful exits. As a fractional CMO and board advisor, Jim leverages his expertise in strategy, product marketing, digital marketing, and competitive differentiation to help B2B startups grow and innovate. Jim, welcome to Revenue Rehab. Your session begins now. Thank you, Brandy. It's so great to be here. I, I love your intro video, by the way. It's just, it's just fun. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and your personality. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I'm excited to be here uh, coming to you from Silicon Valley. Awesome. Well, I am excited to have you in from the West Coast, um, and I appreciate it. I think I drove my team crazy getting that video ready when we launched Revenue Rehab. So it's always great when someone appreciates the effort. <laughs> Um, so before we jump into our topic today, I like to break the ice with a little woo moment that I call buzzword banishment. So tell me what buzzword would you like to get rid of forever? Oh, there's a bunch. Um, I, I it's, it's one, the one I'll give you is, uh, I'm not hearing it quite as much anymore. Uh, for a while, though, uh, it was the big thing, and every every CEO uh, who didn't want to uh, pay for marketing or didn't like marketing uh, used it and and wanted it, and that's growth hacking. You know, <laughs> growth hacking is nothing more than well, marketing. It's targeted marketing. Um, you know, when you're a little company, of course, you don't have the budgets to do everything across the full spectrum of marketing, which is one of the, the widest, broadest areas within an organization. You know, when you look at the, the full go-to-market journey, uh, it covers it covers a lot. And so, you know, when you're a lean startup, sure, you need to do very targeted, very, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll hear it called guerrilla marketing. Um, but, but it's marketing. It's, it's not hacking. It's it anyway. So that, that's my, that's my uh, buzzword that I, I still would like to get rid of. Yeah, I I'm with you on that one. I'm not a big fan of the, you know, hacking in general, like they, you know, the life hacks and this hack and, you know, everything is like a hack. Um, but yeah, I agree. It is just that, scrappy we don't have a ton of budget so we're going to figure out how to make it work and we got to give it a sexy name so they've been calling it growth hacking but i do remember early in my career it was called guerrilla marketing and there's been other buzzwords to refer to the same thing so yeah and, and one example i'll throw in is um 
the 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 book that the the founder of uh, Samuel Adams Brewery he talks about how he hates marketing, um, but but they did this growth hack and it was these coasters that they had in the bar with their logo on it. I'm like, that's marketing. Product <laughs> place position promote you know. You know, the basics, the, the things Four we, P's. like, learn, but, uh, right. all anyway, right, so hey, now, that we got, <laughs> now that we got that off our chest, tell me what brings you to Revenue Rehab today. Sure. Um, one of the things that I see a lot of, of early stage organizations that uh, I'm working with uh, right now as a fractional CMO is uh, the need to be efficient, the need to... Um, you know, kind of grow beyond what they have the budgets for. And, and one of the challenges I see is that, that most of them ignore um, channel and partnerships. Uh, you know, the, the channel is, I, I'm a huge channel proponent. Um, I'm not just a, a channel marketer, but, but uh, you know, it, it basically turns your salespeople into sales managers uh, for their region, it it, it turns um, uh, it, it it turns you from uh, you know a small organization maybe with a couple salespeople to to a national or global organization. Uh, so, but the the challenge is that that it's not the kind of thing that you flip a switch and suddenly you know you're a channel friendly company. It, it it takes you probably need to start. Uh, you know, 12, 18 months, maybe even 24 months uh, in advance from when your CFO is saying, no, you can't, you know, tells the, the CRO or the, the VP of sales, no, you can't hire any more salespeople. Um, you know, that's when, you know, a couple, like a year, uh, two years before is when you needed to start building your channel if you want it to fully function. Okay. Um, I've got lots of questions and lots of places that I want to dig in. But first, I believe in setting intentions. It gives us focus. It gives us purpose. And most important, it gives our audience an understanding of what they should expect from our discussion today. So tell me, what is your best hopes for our talk? What do you want people to take away from the discussion? Sure. I would like people to uh, go beyond the the you know programmatic digital advertising is is the only way towards growth mentality that, that a lot of startups have and and really start thinking holistically um, marketing is a, a, a really a broad area and um, if you're only focusing on on one thing then then you're really going to miss out on the goodness that can come from it I love it. Um, and, you know, I have kind of been on both sides of the coin here. A lot of my career was spent in channel and customer marketing. And, and so I have had to do the marketing components that come along with a channel strategy. And then also as a consultant, we are partners in a lot of capacities. And so I see some of the, the benefits and, and the challenges of how some people get this wrong. Um, so very interested in hearing your perspective. Um, and I know a little birdie told me that you have done this really successfully before. Um, so I'd like to start there because I think it is always great 
when people understand what the win is and the benefit for the business when they get these things right, because it, you know, you're talking 12 to 18 months, you know, possibly 24 to get this going, which is a significant investment in resources. So help paint the picture for where you've seen success um, in leveraging a channel strategy and what that meant for your organization. Sure. The the company that, that you uh, uh, so subtly referenced there was a company called Gigamon that I, I helped take public um, a few years back. And we were a new technology uh, in the network infrastructure space. And nobody knew who we were. Uh, in fact, nobody even knew they had the problem that we solved because it, it was uh, some, some changes in the market um, opened up a, a, a perfect storm for us. <clears throat> and so it was um, it was a situation where we we had to grow, um, and 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 yet nobody knew who we were. And so one of the things that we did was realize that that um, and and this is where I'll, I'll talk about partnerships along with channel because I really think they're two uh, heads or two two sides of the same coin. Um, what we found was that that uh, our partners had the customers that we wanted. You know, they they uh, you know very successful, large, you know, billion dollar companies uh, had the customers. You know, this could be Palo Alto Networks, could be Riverbed, could be uh, a, a number of uh, ones in, in in those spaces. Um, and and so what what we what we did instead of trying to educate everyone and and i mean we of course did that through general marketing but through our partner marketing efforts we really tied our go-to-market strategy to uh where we could benefit those partners and and so i i think that is that that's a huge one that a lot of companies miss is you know that partnerships end up being you know just kind of lip service uh, but you can really, you know, if you're small and, and your customer base, your, your ICPs are already customers of, of partners you can work with, then, you know, that's just an easy win. So uh, where, where we, we then did was we, we did partner marketing and then uh, we, we engaged the channel. We would find a, a joint uh, channel partner and, and go to market, uh, you know, that, that last last mile, if you will. Uh, and so uh, it, it was, it ended up being very effective. We, within, um, within two years, we went from, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest and say, we, we were a channel company in name. Um, we, for distribution purposes, we were funneling deals through the channel but they weren't doing anything and they were getting only, you know, only the small amount of, of revenue for just, just fulfillment. Um, and within two years, we changed that to uh, a third of our revenue was coming in from our partners and a third of our, uh, another third of our revenue was coming in through our resellers. And, and what I mean by that is they, resellers were generating business at that point. And, and, and you know, so it starts off where you hand them a deal and, and say, okay, we're gonna work this together. Um, and and you, you, you do that a number of times to teach them how to sell your product. Um, and at some point, they they get successful at it and go, hey, you know, this this worked pretty well. Hey, I think that company 
uh, that customer of ours would be a good fit for this. And they bring that to you. And that's really the crux where you want to get to is, is where they're bringing revenue into you. You're not just pushing revenue out to them. Okay. And I, I want to break that apart a bit because I do see, especially in the technology space, but I see this in other industries as well, where the partner channel is serves more almost as just a referral network mm -hmm. in that it is just a very loose relationship in that, you know, I fill out some form or, or do something to be a registered partner of this entity. Yep. And then, you know, they kind of just hope that somewhere along the way, I refer some business to them and I get, get a little mm -hmm. cut of that. Um, and what I'm hearing is that like, that's one of those partner strategy and name only kind of things that what right. you're talking about is a lot more collaborative and, you know, really putting forth the effort the same way you would in like programmatic and your other, you know, your other typical places that you'd spend. So help me understand what does that really look like? Like what, what are our revenue teams really doing when we're trying to funnel a considerable amount of business through a channel? Sure. Um, that, and, and you, you bring up a, a great point is that so often, um, you know, it, it really is just, uh, it, it's a loose partnership. It's, Somebody brought, you know, somebody had a, 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 a one-off deal. Um, maybe maybe their customer said, oh, hey, I need this solution. And so they come to you and go, hey, uh, we need to buy your thing. What is it again? Um, you know, and, and that's, that's not a long-term uh, successful relationship there. Um, what, what needs to happen, well, and, and, and what you often, a, a good hallmark of that is, think about what your channel um, resources are. And if all you're doing is sending them the same resources that you're giving your customer, then mm -hmm. you absolutely uh, are in that in for that trough of uh, disillusionment uh, with the channel. It's, it's, it's not going to go well for you. Um, and, and what I mean by that is uh, what you should be doing is, um, you know, the channel is becomes a focus of marketing where you have to you have to market to the channel partners and let them know why and how you're a good fit for them. Um, you know, it, it, it could be things like battle cards. It could be playbooks. It could be, um, you know, testimonials from other channel partners, because um, what what most vendors don't realize is it can cost up to a million dollars for a channel partner to bring on a new vendor. Um, and, and, and before somebody says, wait, 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 that's crazy. You know, uh, channel partners make uh, whatever percentage they get, you know, 20 to or 15 to 50%, depending on what it is they're selling from the vendor, but they make a hundred percent on professional services. And so when they are taking a, uh, oh, I, I apologize here. I, I have a. Oh, we've got a little guest. Hi, Charlie. 
Charlie's a big fan of the channel too. Hi, um, Charlie. <laughs> but but um, you know they they channel partners lifeblood is, is actually professional services because they make a hundred percent of that revenue. And so if they're taking engineers out of rotation from doing customer work to learn a new product, um, then you know that that is you know and, and then then their salespeople they have to ramp up. Um, so, you know, it, it really is, um, it's necessary to, to market and, and treat them as a full-fledged, really, ICP. Okay, yeah, because what I'm hearing is the kinds of training and resources that you need to be offering to your channel really are going to mirror what you would a new sales rep in being yes. able to ramp them to be able to sell the product, like you've got to take that same mentality with the channel. Absolutely. And and the, the added benefit is when you start getting good at training your channel, um, that is absolutely transferable to training your your uh, your own salespeople. So your sales enablement uh, will will start uh, ticking up. OK, Um and so let's talk about how you got this going, because you're, the point you made earlier in that you almost need to start down this journey, you know, year, year and a half or two before you get the no of you can't hire more salespeople. And so that, you know, that forethought to, to really start this process, you know, a lot of times we're in a situation where we need more revenue, we can't hire more sales. It's like, what do we do? And that's usually the trigger where people start thinking about these things. So going back of like, how do you recognize that it's time since you need to recognize that it's time before you actually know that it's time? <laughs> sure, sure. Um well, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll answer the question a little differently first and, and, and say um, it also is important to be uh, to have a, a channel friendly product. You know, if, if you're if you're selling a, you know, ten dollar, fifteen dollar a month, twenty dollar a month SaaS solution that that, you know, one off people um, are, are going to buy you're probably not a real channel, super channel friendly product. It, 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 it's, it's not going to be a value, but if, if, uh, if you are selling an enterprise uh, solution and this, this could be, you know, physical infrastructure, this could be SaaS as well. You know, one of the things uh, I, I, I think people forget is that enterprise SaaS, the, the, the sales motion looks very similar to, non-SaaS, you know, if, if you're selling a hundred thousand dollar a year or more solution, you know, you're still going to need a salesperson. You're still, still going to need, um, you know, the channel, things like that. So, uh, so I'll start there. Um, it, it, it really, um, you know, it, it, I, I guess, I guess the, the way, you know, how or when you should be doing that if if you've not done it before is you should be having staff who who understand the go-to-market motion um you know if you're a first-time founder you know i i see a lot of build it and they will come i i like to call that the kevin costner uh strategy uh which you know the field of dreams but um you know 
there's so many products out there. I'm I'm here in Silicon Valley, and there's there's so many brilliant ideas, and a lot of them never make it uh, make it successful because they built it and then the people didn't come. You know, there's a reason you need marketing um, along with sales. You know, they're they're both they're they're both different but equal partners in in the go-to-market process so so the first part is you know you really need to have expertise on your team whether that's you know um uh, uh you know a, a, a vp of marketing uh whether it's a channel chief whether it's a, a fractional cmo they're they're really it, it could be done a, a lot of different ways but you know they're the ones who are going to be able to help you to navigate this if you've never done it before. Uh, next, if, um, you know, the, the, the channel is, is uh, the, the, the partners that you work with end up being uh, very different as you go along. You know, at the very beginning, you're probably going to work with pretty small resellers, ones that are very niche and know a category and see the value of you, if, if, if assuming you're you're a, a new entrant in the, the market. Um, you know, I, I think of those those channel uh, partners as, you know, a, a, a guy and their dog in their garage, sort of a sort of a, a, an organization, you know, and they will they will go after that niche because they know it well and and they see the value that you bring to that um next you're going to move up from that to um you know to regional resellers um they're they're probably going to be focused on a technology area um but but they're going to have you know maybe their north atlantic region you know maybe some you know carolinas uh georgia uh florida um maybe, you know, just California, but, um, but then as you grow and, and, and you get name recognition, um, then, then you're going to be able to start going to full regional, you know, large regional resellers. And, and then you're going to be able to move on to the big national ones. Um, and so, so the, the partners that you're with today, you know, the, the 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 girl you take to the dance today uh sadly is you know you're going to move on from and and uh you you won't get rid of them as resellers but but you end up focusing and incentivizing uh with effort and and mdf funds and things like that to the the larger partners as you go along okay so i'd like to talk a little bit about the work that you put in to actually evolve the the channel. So, you know, our audience is primarily heads of marketing. And if they're listening and, and saying, you know what, it's time for us to really put some effort, you know, put some legs behind our channel strategy, whether one doesn't exist today or they've kind of got one in name only. More tactically, what does that look like? And what do I need to be considering if I'm trying to to follow in your footsteps, so to speak. Sure. Uh, so you're going to want to um, identify the channel partners that that you want to go to market with. Uh, one of the things I did was I asked each regional sales rep, and we at that point we probably had I don't know 12, 12 or, or or so uh, regional sales reps, 
and and so I asked them to identify, you know, their top three channel partners, and uh, and 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 so that that gave us, you know, thirty to forty uh, partners to identify who who we wanted to work with, um, and and we would then you know go in and do onboarding for them. We we'd um, figure out which one of those three was really the ones that that matched up with with our target customer um and then we would incentivize them yeah tactically before you get to that um sorry uh, you you would want to you know make sure you have an actual channel program you know you 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 need to have um a website uh or at least a section of your website you need to have a portal for them and and you know, you can do the big fancy. I've done the Salesforce uh, partner portals. Um, a lot of work, a lot of money, uh, but but you can do you can do those um, a, a little uh, a little more gorilla if 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 you need. There, there's good ways to do that um, because you know the bigger the channel partner you, you get, you you move on to. You know, once you get past the guy and his dog. Uh, or, or the gal and her dog, they're both, both, both sides, um, you know, they're, they're going to want to know what does the partner, the program look like? What do I get? What resources are you going to give me? Um, and, and so you need to build that kind of a, a thing out. Um, another big thing as you are growing in this process is training. Um, you, you probably want to build some web-based training, um, and, and that's going to be, you know, for sellers, it's going to be for technical. Uh, so think of it you know, as, as the, the salespeople and the, the SEs um, at, at the channel partner. And it, it doesn't have to be super, you know, it doesn't have to be six or 10 hours long. Uh, you can, you can, if you need, you can offer a separate certification, um, for you know implementation and professional services and things like that um because the the way the the way the process goes uh a channel partner you know this is as you're getting into the medium-sized ones the sales manager will get convinced that okay let's give this vendor a shot and they'll say hey bob i you're you're our in, in this case you're our gigamon guy you know go go figure out uh what this product is and and how to sell it and you know uh, see if you can make some money uh and so all you really have once you sign that agreement is bob um and and so you have to get bob up to speed typically that's why i was saying you you flip some deals to them but not at the end for fulfillment but but at the beginning yeah, like middle of the process where you've identified, you know, this is a deal, um, and 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 you you get them uh, signed up as as the um, you know the deal reg, and, and you walk it th- walk them through the sales process. So this is where your regional sellers end up being, you know, sales managers in their own right, and and so Bob does that. And, and uh, you know, Bob get, closes a few deals and, and other people in the organization go, hey, that was that new company we signed on. T- tell me about that. You know, tell me how that looks. And, and so more organic growth within. Yeah, the, then you the get partner. Bob and Jane 
and and then then uh, somebody notices Jane sold it, and so you get Bob, Jane, and Chris, and 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 so it, it's very much almost individual selling, you know, and enablement at, at the the early stage, and so that that's why you need you do need a, a, your own sales force to to help monitor or manage this. Um, you know, as channel marketers, it, it very much was um, me and my team would 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 fly around uh, and and help get these uh, channel partners um, uh, excited and jazzed up. You know, come in, do a training. Could be sales kickoffs. Could be uh, you know QBRs. Um, you know, there there was a lot of chicken wings and beer uh, <laughs> bought along the way. Um, but but ultimately, you know, and, and then, you know, promising MDF, you know, hey, is there is there an event that you guys want to do? You know, can we do a webinar? You know, is there a thirsty Thursday we should you know, we can we can work with you on. Um, and, and then bringing back in what I said at the beginning, you know, as you're developing your channel program, you should also have your partner program, your, your alliance partner program being built as well. And so then then uh, you say, okay, uh, we want to make sure that we have, you know, let, let's say a, a, a Palo Alto Networks reseller in this region that we're going to do a thing with. We have a new product coming out and, and we want to make sure that, um, you know, we're, we're hitting this market. And so you find the, the best Palo Alto reseller in your uh, stable of, of uh, channel partners and you go to market with them. And, and so, um, and the nice thing about that budget wise is then you, you probably can split the money. So, you know, if you're doing a $10,000 thing, well, you cover 10,000 and you get, uh, you know, Palo Alto to go to cover uh, the other half. So, um, you know, it, it, it ends up, being very synergistic, um, very married. You, you, you want your partner program to be healthy. You want your channel program to be healthy because, um, you know, if, if, if it's not, then the other side of it will, will definitely feel that weirdness and, and they'll disengage. Okay. And so the last area that I really want to dig into is measurement. So obviously, you know, revenue coming from the channel is self-explanatory KPI uh, for the program. But beyond <laughs> just the revenue, um, how do you really measure the success? Because, I mean, what I'm hearing, there is still, you know, a significant amount of effort that goes into this. There is still headcount required to be able to support this. So we've got to get resources and, you know, revenues ultimate. But what else can we look at to determine the effectiveness of this effort? Sure. And and I, I'd love to say that channel revenue uh, coming in is the easy the easy measurement. Um, it's actually can be a little trickier than than that because, um you know, as you know, when when you try and uh, assign attribution to where stuff comes from, it it you know, oftentimes you you need to jump into Salesforce and dig all the way down and, and find out okay, where did this come from? Um, not saying that that any of my my uh, partners on the sales side uh, have have ever tried to take credit, but. <laughs> 
I, I've heard, I've heard it can happen. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, we so want to track that? the revenue, but yeah. like what else? Right, How right. else yeah, absolutely. So, um, so a couple of things. Uh, so partners by region, you know, that you make sure that, that you, um, you look at revenue and then you look at the, the number of partners and the number of deals each of those partners are doing. Uh, that gives you a sense of, you know, do you have one partner that's just selling everything and, and you have 99 that, that are really just dead in the water. Um, another is uh, channel uh, or like training engagement. So, you know, do they, do your named channel partners have, um, you know, typically we would do like minimum of two salespeople and minimum of two engineers uh, who, who would, uh, you know, assuming, assuming they're not tiny and only have one salesperson and, and one engineer, but, but, you know, you have a minimum requirement that they have to do that. Uh, an, another is a minimum requirement on revenue to, to be a silver or gold or platinum and, you know, and however you want to do it, you know, whether it's metals, whether it's, you know, ruby, sapphire, diamond, uh, whether it, you know, it doesn't really matter what you call it. You know, they're different tiers. So you have different tiers and at each tier, um, they have to meet requirements to get the, the benefits and the rewards that, that you're giving them. That, that could be, that could be the, the revenue percentage, but it also could be MDF. could also be, um, you know, so many events. It could be, it could be a lot of different things. Um, and, and so you, yeah, you, you really need to look at engagement. You can also look at engagement with your salespeople and, and see, um, you know, each salesperson, do they have three to five channel partners that are, are, um, that are, are bringing in revenue? Um, if not, then, then maybe you have a fairly un channel friendly salesperson there and, and you're going to have to uh, work on that because uh, ha had that happen and where where uh, uh, by coastal partner and on one side of the country they were they were selling like crazy and the other side of the country they weren't and and you know it wasn't the partner that was different um, so so there, there's a lot of different metrics um, one of the the things that um, that I really liked in the program we did was uh, you, you may have heard the term um, campaign in a box, um, except I, I think that it's a good, it's a great idea, but it doesn't go far enough. There's some platforms out there today um, that allow you to, to build a campaign infrastructure and the partner um, basically gets a gets a seat in your campaign infrastructure, uh, so they can they can send out um, their own things. And Gigamon's color was orange, and so I always like to think of it as you know an orange fishing pole, you know, give, <laughs> giving giving them the ability because you know the the thing of value to channel partners is their customer base. Um, and, and so anytime you're asking them to, you know, hey, give me a list of all your customers, you know, the answer is going to be not just no, but hell no. Right. <laughs> um, because that, you know, that's their, that's their lifeblood. Um, and 
you know, they're, they're coin operated. They, their ideal customer is one that picks up the phone and says, you know, Hey, Steve, I need a such and such. Can you sell me one? Or I have this problem. Do you have something that could fix it? Um, you know, and, and so to get them beyond just answering the phone or, or answering the email is, is you need to make it easy for them to, to co-sell with you. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like there's lots of ways that we can measure how both partners are engaged and how they're effective um, in addition to revenue. Um, okay, so I'd say talking about our challenges is just the first step and nothing changes if nothing changes. And so in traditional therapy, the therapist gives the client some homework. But here at Revenue Rehab, we like to flip that on its head and ask you to give us some homework. So if what you've said has resonated with our audience and they recognize that, you know, putting more resources behind a channel program um, and tapping into the channel is something they need to consider, what's their one thing? What is the first action item that they can take relatively quickly to, you know, start heading in the right direction? Great question. Um, I guess the 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 first thing that 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 companies need to do is is really look and see does their ICP match up with um, with existing companies in the market, whether whether that be other vendors or or channel partners. You know, if your if your ideal customer persona is um, you know, let's say a, a riverbed customer or a Palo Alto network cu customer or a, a Fortinet customer, um, then you absolutely need to figure out how, how you can be best friends with, with Fortinet or, or any of those. And, and at the same time, you need to be figuring out how you can engage with those, those channel partners. Okay, so what I'm hearing is our action item is to really look at our ICP and to figure out where there may be potential alignments within our ICP to, to figure out where to explore. Yeah. Um, I really like that as an action item because it does you know, help you to understand if a channel strategy is a viable approach for you because if you can at least think of where there may be some alliances, like not to yeah. say that just because, you know, it doesn't come to mind and that doesn't mean it's not possible. But generally, if you really know your business, you're going to have some idea where those alignments could come from. Right. And I will take a second and expand that, um, you know, it doesn't just have to be a traditional value added reseller of our, you know, it could be a managed service provider. Um, could be one of the large consulting firms. Uh, it could also be any of the um, the marketplaces. You know, if, if uh, especially especially if and and I kind of dissed it at the beginning of, of our talk. But you know, if you have a a, a smaller, uh, cheaper product, you know, absolutely, you know, figure out how to be on Shopify or Salesforce or HubSpot's marketplace you know there, there's a bunch of them out there and 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 figure out you know they all of those companies have programs to uh to help you 
co-market with them. So, so that, and, and so it, it's, it, it probably isn't an either or, you know, you probably need to be doing those things as well. You know, may, maybe you end up, even if you're selling a larger, more expensive enterprise product, you have something that is, uh, you know, figure out a way to carve off a little piece that's quick and dirty that, that you can have for a free download or a cheap download or, a, a you know, um, some, uh, you know, something that gives them a little slice of value to make them look at, at oh, here's this, this larger solution we also should be looking at. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking about it is really the discovery and that quite often is where you start with any sort of, uh, you know, new initiative like this is just really discovering what this could look like. Um, Marketing strategy, not growth hack. <laughs> found a way to, to, to bring it back. Uh, I love it. Um, well, Jim, I have enjoyed our discussion, but that's our time for today. Um, but before we go, how can the audience stay connected with you? Absolutely. Uh, I am on LinkedIn, uh, just Jim Berkman, uh, all, all, uh, all together. Um, I am also on uh, threads if you want to find me there, Jim underscore Berkman. Um, I, I, I ditched that other one uh, for a variety of reasons um, this past year. Um, yeah, uh, you can also email me at jim at berkman.net. Um, I'm right now I'm, I'm working with a lot of great startups uh, on a fractional basis. Uh, could all, I've also done interim um basis if if your uh, vp of marketing uh just decided to leave for greener pastures and and uh you know it's going to take you three or four months to find the next person you know uh, fractional uh folks are great for that as well um so yeah I, i'm i'm looking forward I, right now i'm working with uh grow powerful um fractional group uh, a lot of a lot of great uh, uh resources through that as well so yeah i'm i'm uh I'm excited to see what uh, 20, the, the second half of 2023 and 24 look like now that we seem to be getting back to maybe more normal uh, levels in tech. Uh, yeah, as I say, I think, you know, at this point, normal just keeps evolving. Uh <laughs> yeah. I'm, about, I'm about two miles away from uh, what was the Silicon Valley Bank headquarters. And, uh, and man, yeah. That, we're, we're known for earthquakes out, out here, and, and that was probably the biggest earthquake that I felt uh, in the 25 years I've been in Silicon Valley. I would say we're not going to go down that rabbit hole right now because that could be a totally different conversation. <laughs> I but... would love to be on that panel chat as well. Well, I will make sure that we link to your uh, LinkedIn uh, wherever anyone is listening or watching the podcast. That way they can stay connected with you there. Um, Jim, thanks so, so much for joining me. I have definitely enjoyed our discussion. Likewise, Brandy. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. And thanks everyone else for joining us. I hope you have enjoyed my conversation with Jim. I can't believe we're at the end. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Revenue Rehab with your host, Brandy Starr. Your session is now over, but the learning has just begun. Join our mailing list and catch up on all our shows at RevenueRehab.live. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Revenue Rehab. 
This concludes this week's session. We'll see you next week.